ones are you standing on this morning? When the storms of fear and doubt assail, what promises are you standing on this morning? Speak up, I can't pass the mic around. It is finished. finished. Jesus said it is finished. He took care of everything. Anybody else, another promise that you're standing on this morning? I care for you. He says we can cast all our care, our anxieties on him because he cares for us. A promise that's yes in Jesus Christ. You know what that means? When when the word of God, as we saw um, on on the screen a minute ago, where it says in Christ all of the promises are yes. That means all the promises of God are for those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who brings these promises to us and who keeps them for each one of us. Any other promises that you're standing on this morning? Pardon? He'll never leave us. He promises in Hebrews 13 to never leave us or forsake us. He's always going to be here for us, no matter what's going on, even when the storms of fear and doubt assail. He's going to watch over us. Anybody else? He's preparing a place for us. He has promised to prepare a place for us. For us. Because of Jesus. Anybody else? He He answers prayer. Amazing. He's included us in his plans and his program of putting things together. And he's using us in the process by praying. And also drawing us closer to himself as we pray. But he answers prayer. Anybody else other promises? He's with us always. And and he's promised us victory. In the end, no matter what what else is going on, no matter what his children have to go through in this world and in this life, and that involves a lot of things over history and, and around the world, it involves a lot of different kinds of experiences Every single child of God, who, and, they, and everyone experiences the presence of God and will experience the victory that he has for us, not just for now, but for all eternity. Praise his name. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. As we continue uh, to uh, look at this, uh, this first century church uh, in Thessalonica, Uh, In Greece, Macedonia, a church that was planted by the Apostle Paul with Silas and Timothy um, by his side as they as they worked on this, a church that was that was founded in in controversy and persecution to the point that Paul and Silas and Timothy had to had to leave at night, had to sneak out of town um, for fear of their lives. And God continued to grow that church, continued to, to, to set it up on the foundation um, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
um, being the good news. And uh, this is then Paul's second letter uh, to the Thessalonians, and he says this, Paul, Silas, and Timothy in verse 1 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. The persecution that that church was born in continued on. They continue to face difficulties. Difficulties that some of us have faced to some degree in our lives, but probably none of us have faced them to the degree that these Thessalonians face them on a regular basis. The, the persecutions of of losing jobs regularly, of, of, not, of a store uh, or a market not serving you because they heard about your faith in Jesus Christ. They'd heard that you'd identified with that cult, that, that false religion. Because remember, in all the towns of the, of the Roman Empire, the local gods, the local deities were worshipped. The emperor of Rome was worshipped. And anybody in, the, in those communities, anybody in those towns who didn't participate in that worship would be blamed for every bad thing that ever happened in town. They would have a heyday right now because there's lots of bad things to blame people on, to blame people for. And the Christians were always the first ones to be blamed. And so they'd lose their jobs over and over again or they'd be denied service. Or they'd be, they'd be scorned. They'd just, people would literally turn their back on you as, as you were walking down the street if they heard that you were one of them, one of those. You know, one of those, one of those people who didn't worship the right gods. One of those people often accused of cannibalism because of the Lord's Supper. They heard stories about the Lord's Supper and they took it all literally and thought, ooh, that is really gross. That's what those people do. All of those things were happening to the Thessalonians. But what, hap- what was really happening to them, even while those tribulations and persecutions were occurring, is they were growing. The Apostle Paul was, was thanking God for them because of the growth of their faith. And we talked about that faith last week. That faith that, that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, even though the Thessalonians had never met him, had never seen him personally had never laid their eyes on him, yet they were believing in him to the point that they were being persecuted for him. And their faith in Jesus, their trust in him, and his promises was, was, in, was growing all the time. And that's the report that the Apostle Paul was getting back from Thessalonica. But he was also getting the report back that their love for each other was increasing. And that's something for us to think about this morning. We're going through difficulties, some trials and tribulations 
some persecutions? Is our love for each other increasing? Or, or is it diminishing? One of those two things is going to happen when, when the going gets tough. Sometimes, all of a sudden, when, when the going gets tough, we just focus inward and say, okay, it's time to, it's time to you know, board, up the, board up the house, make the fortress. It's, you know, it's time just to think about ourselves, and, and we just got to survive. Other people look at, the, look at it as an opportunity to love others more and more, to look for new ways to show our love for each other. I heard this testimony this morning from this body. One of our, one of our, our members um, is recovering from, uh, from surgery, and sometimes uh, when her husband's out of town, she has a hard time uh, getting her shoes tied. You know, she testified this morning. She said, I praise God for the body of Christ because I have a number of people who get mad at me if I don't call them to come tie my shoes. You didn't even know we had a shoe tying ministry, did you? <laughs> but I praise God for people who are willing to find out when they find out about a need, and we, always, we, we all find out about needs, but they find out about a need, and they say, you know what, I can do that. Now, sometimes they end up starting an actual ministry on it, you know, and, and it ends up being shoe tying all around the world. You know, it happens. But most of the time, and, and I think what was happening with the, with the Thessalonians, they were just going through these difficulties and they saw these difficulties as opportunities to help each other get through. Whatever it was they were facing. And we don't know all the details. We don't have a, we don't have a detailed account of each family within this, within this um, Thessalonian, Thess- Thessalonian church. But we can imagine that there were, that there were some of them that were, that were going through some very dire financial straits. And you know what the Apostle Paul heard about? He heard that those who had the opportunity and availability of those resources were helping out those who were were struggling. I'm sure that was one of the reports that the Apostle Paul got, which, which caused him to send this letter back and to praise them, to, to commend them for what they were doing. They realized the truth of what Jesus was talking about, talking about to his disciples. I love, that, I love that, that statement in John 15 where he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Now, certainly, we're, we're still servants of Christ. The, the fact that he said that doesn't change the fact that, that we're his servants. But he said he doesn't call them servants anymore Because servants don't know their master's business. But we know our master's business. And he he describes what his business is in that same passage. Love. That's my business. Love. And then he, he puts it like this. Greater love has no one than this. That he lay down his life for his friends. 
Now, immediately, our minds, and they should, they immediately go to the cross. We think that's what he did. He's talking about himself. He laid down his life for his friends. In fact, the the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 puts it like this, that God, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did it even before we were friends. He did it while we were sinners. And that's what we think of, and we should think of that. But we should also think of something else. We should also think of us as his disciples, as his friends, who he laid his life down for, laying our lives down for each other. Whatever that means, it doesn't always mean, and it rarely means actually, literally, being nailed to a cross like Jesus was. It usually means giving up our lives in some way or another for each other. Giving up our convenience or our comfort. Change, uh, for some people, this is like the worst thing. Allowing your schedule to be changed, you know, for someone else. That's, that's the thing that freaks so many people out about the, the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Because, again, that, there's a picture of, a lo- of someone who knows how to love like Jesus loves. That was a businessman who changed his schedule to help somebody. I mean, he was going to miss his flight if he helped this. He was, he was giving up his life. In, in that case, not even for a friend. It was for somebody who probably didn't like him very much because of racial issues. The greatest example of this in our culture is husbands. Oh, somebody, I I just heard a non-husband go, oh. (laughs) That's the way it's supposed to be, fellas. That's probably one of the things that Paul was talking about when he wrote back to the Thessalonians and said, One of the reasons I'm so proud of you and want to commend you is because the love that each of you have for each other is increasing. He probably heard some reports of some husbands who, according to Ephesians 5, again, that Paul wrote, where husbands were told to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, for some of us husbands, just me mentioning that, just kind of, we didn't even need our wife to jab us with the elbow. We got the jab. I think, oh. But we are, we're, supposed to be the, we're supposed to be the ones leading the way in that, men. When, when, when we ask ourselves, how can we increase our love for each other, it has to start with us husbands Increasing our love for our wives and figuring out how to do that. You know, learning the language and and all of that stuff. But thinking about that as the primary example, that's the highest calling that anybody receives in in this ministry of love of anybody in the scripture. Nobody else but husbands are given that command to love your wives as Christ loves the church. Now, all of us are called to love, obviously. That's what Jesus said in John 15. 
He said that earlier in Ephesians chapter 5. So we're supposed to be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So the command is for all of us, but husbands are highlighted. And so husbands, let's lead the way in this. As we look for ways to increase our love for one another in the body of Christ during difficulties, during crises, during times of trial and tribulation, let's start with the greatest relationship that he's given us, that relationship of our marriage. And let's look, husbands, for ways to increase our love for our wives. And Sherry, thank you for not leaving right now. I know. I know. I know. She's found me to be a little bit more irritable these days. These days of of stress and weirdness. And she's correct. She's correct. That, that's, that's why these, that, that song of the promises of God was such a great reminder for me this morning. You know, we can, lo- we can increase our love during difficult days because of who we are and whose we are and what we're counting on. This stress that's hitting us from, from all these different angles, financial and health and government and all this stuff that's going on, all the stress, it should hit us differently. Wyatt said that there's a promise in the Word of God that says, cast all your anxieties on Him, for He cares for you. And you're gonna and you're gonna find in your not walking, you're gonna find even new ways to express your love. That's the challenge. We, we all have, our, we, we, we all have our, our, our issues. We all have our, our difficulties. We all have our limitations. Every one of us. And some of us think back to when we could do this or we used to be able to do that. Well, now we've got to look at it and say, well, this is what we've got right now. And so what am I going to do with this opportunity? And I'll tell you, we're, we are, we've been given a cartload of new opportunities to figure out how to do this how can we love each other more and more and he's not even talking in this particular statement about our love for those outside the church he's talking about right now our love for each other in the body of christ because remember this love that we share these relationships that we have with each other these are our brightest witness in our community we have to remember that. We don't always think about that. Remember what Jesus said in last week's scripture reading from John 13. By this, all men will know you're my disciples, by your love for one another. Not by your love for those outside, by your love for those in the church. And I'm not just talking um, folks who are joining us online to just this building. I'm talking about this body of Christ that we're a part of. Even the, even the limitations of physical limitations, like, like being stuck in a wheelchair, or the physical limitation of being stuck in the house all the time, like some of us are, who are with us this morning online. Those limitations don't stop us 
from being a part of the body of Christ and figuring out ways that we can show love more and more as a body of Christ. And so how do we do it? What do we do? What do we do if we're stuck in a, in a, in a wheelchair, we're stuck in our house and we can't get out? Or we're stuck in a hospital room? You know, there are some of our, some of our body that are probably watching this morning from a hospital room. I think that's easy for you to say, Dean. You know, you got to get together with the, with the body this morning and, and worship together and, and express love for each other, you know, through the, through the message and those kinds. But what about when you're just stuck in the, by yourself? How do we express love? We know the first thing that we need to remember. And this was mentioned earlier as we were praising God for his promises. We can pray. We can pray. If we believe that God answers prayer, which we do believe, that was one of the things that, that I agreed with this morning. That's one of the promises. And we're stuck physically in some situation that we can't express ourselves in, in, as, we, as we would like to, to do something physically for somebody, which we love to do. But sometimes we can't. Do you know something better than doing something physically for somebody, than doing somebody a favor, than bringing somebody a meal or mowing their lawn or fixing their car or, or whatever the situation might be, or giving them a hug. Something better than all of that stuff is that we would stop and pray for them. That God would take care of them like we couldn't even if we thought we could. Sometimes we get in the way anyway. And our best way to show love is to pray for them. To pray that God would encourage them. To pray that God would strengthen them. That God would grow their knowledge of his word. That God would remind them of the promises that they know from God's word. And that those promises will sustain them by the power of his Holy Spirit as they go through the difficulty that they're going through. I think I mentioned to you Ruth Sanders' doctor when she was in the hospital. And, uh, and many of you know Ruth, you know, starting out already with, with bad lungs and getting COVID was a, was a very scary thing. And praise God, Ruth is doing great right now. But ordinarily, n- a number of us would have gone to see Ruth regularly during that stay in the hospital. But we didn't get to. Weren't allowed. Rules have changed. So you know what her one doctor did? He took it upon himself. And he's not a part of this local church, but he's a part of the church. He took it upon himself that every day when he went to see Ruth, he started out their visit with a scripture and a prayer. Every single time he came in the room knowing that she was a believer in Christ and that she would receive it and that she would, would, would appreciate it. I don't think he was forcing it on people, but he wasn't forcing it with Ruth. What, what an act of love. Of course, he was, he was able to physically be there and, and do something about her physical needs as well. But what an example, what, a, what an, an encouragement to pray. And so this morning... 
one of the things that each one of us, no matter what our circumstances, need to remember is that prayer is one of our greatest acts of love. One of the best ways that we can increase our love for each other. And you may already, the the wheels are probably already turning, you probably aren't listening anymore. Because your mind is spinning saying, okay, who do I need to be praying for? And the list is long, isn't it? As we, th- as we think about the people that we know in our own lives who are in desperate need right now. They're going through some things that we just can't even imagine how they're going to make it and what's going to happen with them, and, and we don't know what to do. We pray. We pray, and that is a great expression. Not only of our faith in God, that's a way for us to grow in our faith as well, which, was, which we spoke of last week, but it's a great way to demonstrate that our love is increasing even as the difficulties are increasing. That we're not just cocooning up and protecting ourselves and, and taking care of our own. That we're also reaching out through prayer. And then once we start praying, then we realize, wait a minute, we've got, we've got some technology. Prayer doesn't take any technology. But we've got some technology at our disposal that we can use even if we're stuck in a bad situation and we can't get out and we can't do anything physically just getting on our cell phone or on our computer and sending that message or making that phone call and just saying hey just wanted to call and say I'm praying for you sometimes that statement makes all the difference especially if you really did pray for them it's better not to lie to them okay Now, we can laugh about that, but it's been done. But just do the simple little thing of sending that text or that email. Or some people still do this. Writing that note and put it in the mail. And the person receiving it can spray it down with with their spray. All right, and make it safe. And get that word of encouragement. Maybe that verse of scripture that meant something to you that day. How many of you have been encouraged by God's word during this pandemic? And the biggest, for me, the biggest encouragements have come when somebody from in this body shared a verse of scripture with me. Something that meant something to them has meant an immense amount to me. And sometimes it's through an actual mail with a stamp on it, note with a verse of scripture in it. Sometimes it's a text. Sometimes it's an email. Sometimes it's a uh, Facebook messenger. All different kinds of ways to do it. But thinking about how we can increase our love for each other. Simple things like that make all the difference. We think, well, yeah, but they, they, they need help with this or they need help with that. And you know who can help them better than you? God Almighty. Their maker, their creator, their sustainer, their savior, if they know Christ. And Lord willing, if they're part of this body, they do. God knows how to take care of that. God knows exactly how to put, put all that together, the solution to their issue. He knows how to do it. And if we aren't part of that solution, we're a part of the, of the instigating of the solution by praying or by sharing that note, sharing that scripture, sharing that encouragement. 
Simple little things like that can make a huge difference in the life of somebody who's feeling pretty stuck right now. Now, I am so thankful for, for those of you who came this morning and, and, and who, who try to come regularly. It's a challenge. And depending on who you listen to and who, and who you believe, when you do listen to them, it could be risky. But I praise God for the encouragement that each of you are just by coming in here today and, and by doing this together. But I also praise God for those of you who are, who are watching and, and participating at home recognizing that's the best place for you to worship right now, but that we can do this together, that we can encourage each other in this way. You know, I was thinking about the, uh, the people as we, were, as we were sharing the promises of God this morning. There were some others that are at home that couldn't voice in because we haven't figured out exactly the technology to include that. But we can always write those things down on our Facebook page. And so if you're ever watching from home and you want, to, you want to participate in one of the things that we're doing, you know, out loud here, jot it down on the Facebook page. And, and then lots of us look at that and, and we'll be encouraged by the things that you were encouraged by during the service. So use that technology, not only to express yourself, but to minister love to the body of Christ. You see, we're not here just for ourselves, Ever. It's never just about us. And that's important for us to remember. And that's what love reminds us of. Especially the kind of love that we're talking about. Remember, our love is not the Valentine's Day love, you know, signified by hearts. Our love is the everyday love signified by the cross. Greater love has no man than this, as we read earlier. Then he lay down his life for his friends. That's what we do. That's the kind of love that we share. And that's the kind of love that we're supposed to be increasing in during this time of difficulty. That's what the Thessalonians did. And God preserved this word that the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote to them. He preserved that for us partly because they did this. They, they were, were examples of this in a time of grave persecution and tribulation it's one of the reasons that we have the 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 second letter to the thessalonians is so that we can be encouraged whatever our circumstances might be that we like they can like they did that we also can grow in our faith and our love for each other can increase instead of diminish it can increase And we'll pray for each other this week that God will give us ideas on how we can express this growing love that we have for each other. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the great witness of this obscure first century church. They're not in anybody's hall of fame. They're not really on anybody's mind these days, except for those of us who believe your word. And so we want to thank you for lifting up the simple, the obscure, the non-influential 
church like that little church in Thessalonica. In the first century, 2,000 years ago. And we thank you that as they went through the difficulties that they faced, they grew in their faith and their love for each other increased. Not decreased, but increased. We thank you for that. We thank you for the work that you did in their lives and the inspiration that that gives us, the information that that gives us to also be like them. As the Apostle Paul commended them, may you commend us for being men and women and boys and girls who are increasing in our love for each other in the body of Christ, even as we face difficulties. And Father, you know how frustrated we are, how tired we are of whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever the the circumstances are that are really getting us down. And we pray that you would remind us of what you did in Thessalonica and that you can do that in us as well. Father, there there are some within our service, either online or or here, probably that, that are still trying to decide, do I really want to follow this Jesus? Father, we pray that you would work in their hearts. And that you would remind them that he is their only way to really love. That his demonstration of love when he died on the cross for us, when we were still his enemies, when we were still in rebellion against him, is the way that we can be forgiven of our sins. Is the way that we can receive the promise of eternal life. Is the way that we can have a foundation for our lives that will enable us to truly be able to love each other, that we can really lay down our lives for each other because we know that our life is in you. And so, Father, we pray for them this morning and ask that you'd give them the courage, the wisdom, and the faith to say yes to your son, who still lives even though he died. He rose again and, and still listens to our prayers, still stands before, uh, before you for us, as our intercessor, as our mediator, and welcomes us into your family through faith in him. And so, Father, help them believe. Help them to give up the other attempts that they've been making to try to please you. And help them to realize the only way that they can truly please you is to believe in your son, to trust him to forgive them, to trust him to change them, to trust him to use them as a great lover in the church of Jesus Christ. Father, help us to grow in our love. And may our love for each other be a great witness, a great testimony, a great statement, a shining light in a community and a world that's completely wrapped up in itself. May we show them the other way. Through Jesus Christ, And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.